Well, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here, Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's talk about wisdom today on the channel. And glad you're with us. Please do me a favor, whether you're on Rumble, Facebook, or on YouTube, would you go ahead and I would ask you if you help us with the algorithms. Subscribe to the channel, turn on those notifications, like the video, and if you could down, uh, you know, put a comment, just say hello. It helps the algorithms out a lot. I'd appreciate it. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful day here. I want to talk about um, the difference between wisdom and right and wrong. So, um, right and wrong are not subjective. Like the law of God is there's right and there's wrong. And that's the law. But that's not wisdom. Wisdom has nuances about how we deal in situations. And they're usually, even in, by the way, even in the book of Proverbs, there's even, you could sit there and go contradictions in it. No, not in the word of God. In one place, it tells you not to rebuke a fool. And literally, the next verse tells you to rebuke a fool. And that's just amazing to me. And the reason is, is because... Um, it, it is, um, it is the nuances of both those situations are, are too drastic <clears throat> for us, excuse me, just to have a steadfast rule. When it comes to wisdom, the, what has to take place in that process is information. You need information and wisdom, and it's, it's not, um, it's not just a matter of <clears throat> just saying, hey, in this situation, you do that. It's like marriage counseling. You have um, marriage counselors are not trained to say, well, step one, the man does this. Step two, woman does this. And by the way, a lot of Christians try to orchestrate their marriage that way with a set of very strict uh, adherences to rules. We've done this to women a lot. You know, we've we've made women, uh, you know, they have strict rules about how women behave and strict rules about how men behave. But wisdom has nuance. Wisdom has information. So where, let's say, I might have a situation <clears throat> where they, two situations that look similar, but in one situation, I might actually, let's just give it this, this let's just take this example. I'm going to try to come up with a scenario. <clears throat> I had a gentleman in my church years ago who came into my office and this gentleman said to me that God had spoken to him and told him who his wife was to be. And of course, she was a member of our church. And I was curious because one of the nuances with this individual is he he hadn't shown, he had not de demonstrated to me that he had a good track record with the voice of the Lord. And and that's something you, you learn. Does this person have a good track record when he tells you God said something? And even in that, you have to judge it by several factors. You know, is it scriptural? Right. Um, what's the circumstances? Um, it's like if someone came up to me and prophesied, uh, God's got a recording, a music recording contract for you, and you're going to have a number one hit. 
you know, number one, that's not outside of the scope of scripture. However, I can't sing. And I would greatly question that being from the Lord. So, so where I, it might be actually accurate for one person, it would be completely inaccurate for me. So this gentleman came up to me in, in you know, my office and he said this to me and I, I asked him to tell me and he finally told me who. And it was uh, an 18-year-old daughter of my assistant pastor, of which I had to explain to him that that was not his future wife. And he assured me, God had told him. But the problem was he was 45 years old. She had zero interest in him. And she certainly didn't want to marry someone 45 years old, nor would her father even uh, handle that. And I sat down her father, who was my assistant pastor, and I told him what was going on. And of course, and rightfully so, he was really triggered by this. Not triggered in a bad way. He was a dad. And I said, do you trust me? He said, yes. Okay, let me handle this because you might, you might actually kill the dude. And I called his daughter in the office and she had informed me that this guy had showed up at youth events at our church, had approached her. He played the guitar. She played the piano and he had tried to get her to play music together. Like, let's come in and practice together. Uh, he had, he had, she had asked him to stay away, but he hadn't stayed away. And, um, and I told her the situation and then I, I tried to, I sat there for an hour or two and tried to say, okay, I want to help this individual out, but I've got to keep this girl safe. That's my number one priority, her safety, her well-being. She's the innocent one here. She is, she is in no way done anything at all. Okay. And I sat there and I, I kept on going over these different scenarios. Well, I could keep them away from her. Like tell him he can't be in the church during uh, youth events and that he can't, you know, he's got to stay away from her. And believe it or not, when I went through all these things, I finally came to the conclusion that none of them were fair to this girl because she was still going to be afraid of bumping into him. Uh, there could be an awkward situation. There could be a confrontation. And <clears throat> none of that was fair to her. But at the same time, I didn't want to so come down because at this point he had not done anything in real violation he hadn't grabbed her he hadn't said anything inappropriate he just had an infatuation with a girl that was half over half his age almost uh um uh, a third her age okay he was 45 she's 18 you do the math and and what i didn't want to do was punish him but i i had to protect her and i i prayed i sat there in my office and i prayed and i asked the lord for his wisdom on this and the lord gave me wisdom and said look he cannot be around her he's 45 like number one let me just tell you the why these scenarios are different if this was another 18 year old girl or 18 year old guy who said hey i, I like this girl that's different because that's a very normal circumstance. But when a 45-year-old man is saying he likes an 18-year-old girl, by the way, she's barely 18, 
like barely like her birthday was recent it's like barely 18 and you can't treat those the same way where if another if she had told me oh you know so and so told me he liked me i'm dating someone else da 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 that's different but when a 40 and the other part of the scenario is that the lord had told me and he was emphatic and he was like well the lord told me in other words i'm going to do it because the lord told me sometimes people use the word of the lord number one by the way i don't buy that lord told me not that here's what i want you to understand women listen to me if a man wants to marry you because the lord told him don't marry him that might be true but he's got to love you with everything in his heart that's who you want to marry now you want to marry a christian christian a christian you want it you you well, what if i fall in with um someone else don't fall in love don't let your heart go there okay why because your first devotion is to Christ. And as a woman, you might be compromised in that. In other words, if you marry a Muslim, he might not let you be a Christian. If you marry a Jewish person, he might not. If you marry a heathen, he might not let you freely worship. So you want to keep yourself free in those areas. But those are two different scenarios. If the kid's 18, that's one thing. But if the guy is 45, different circumstances. That's why wisdom is needed not just what's right and wrong like it's easy for me to go that's wrong right but how do you handle that situation's wisdom and so after meeting with them again i said to them look i don't have a good scenario to work out here and so what i'm going to ask you to do is i can't let you come to the church anymore however i would like to see you in my office every week Tuesdays every, you know, we'll set up a time and let's counsel and talk about this, about the word of the Lord. I said, because this is like the fourth thing that you've told me the Lord has told you, which I automatically know it wasn't the Lord. Now you go, well, what, what if it was God? Well, here's the thing. My spiritual father who knew this gentleman told me when I told him the situation, because I didn't get counsel. I, I did. After I made, I did what I was to do. I always like to double check with I would always double check with Randy, my spiritual father, and and see if there's any way I could have done this better. And um and Randy said, No, you handled it right. He said, Lou, let me tell you a story. His brother, who's a couple years older than him, did the same thing in a church down in Tampa. He told the pastor, the Lord told him he was supposed to marry this 18-year-old girl. And it seems to run in the family. And um, yeah, I didn't know that. That would have been really helpful. <laughs> it might have been really helpful beforehand. But this gentleman did not want my counsel. He was mad at me that I um, wouldn't let him come to the church. But, you know, wisdom dictated. Her safety dictated. I could not keep her safe. In other words, I'm not at the church every 24 hours to keep her safe. What happens if she's there with some of the youth and he comes in and there's no older adult or someone in authority to deal with it so i couldn't i couldn't keep her safe i couldn't guarantee and, and i felt i feel like this man you better be safe in church and that's the one place you should be safe is in church and 
you know, you know, and, and so that was my deal. That, was, that takes wisdom. It wasn't a matter of just right and wrong. It's how you handle it. And this comes through experience. And, I, you know, I've gotten better at this, right? As I learn, I have more experience to think about these things. I had another scenario where uh, <clears throat> this gentleman and his wife came to our church. And a bunch of, about three single ladies came up to me and said, Lou, we need to tell you about this guy. He, he actually ripped off our friend and was dating her, got to do a quick deed on her house, and then stole her house. And he's really not trustworthy. And I said, and this, I said, how long ago was this? It was like two years ago. I said, okay, look, if you see anything, tell me. But let's just see if he's changed because I don't know him. I don't want to punish him. But let's see if he's changed. And you can come up to me anytime anything's out of order and talk to me about it. And we'll we'll address it then. Because I don't want to go with something that happened before I knew him two years ago. I mean, maybe he's repented. I don't know. And he'd just gotten to the church and everything. And so about a month and a half later, we had these home groups. And he was he was in one of the home groups that wasn't mine. It was a different place in, down in Southside. And... And the girls came up to me and said, hey, did you and Dion approve his business for him to talk to people about his business? And I went, what are you talking about? He's got this multi-level business opportunity. And he said he showed it to you and Dion and you have uh, endorsed it. The gay church and you and Dion have endorsed this business and we could take a look at it. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, we have not seen anything. But let me check with Dion. But we have not seen anything. So this was on like a Wednesday night, midweek service or Thursday night. And so what I did was I, you know, talked to my assistant leader. And I said, Dion, I said, have you seen this? He says, I don't even know what you're talking about. We haven't seen this thing at all. Okay. I said, call him in the office on Saturday. Have him come and meet us on a Saturday. We need to have a conversation about this. So he shows up on a Saturday. And I asked him, I said, hey, some some people came up to me and told me that we've endorsed some business of yours and that you said we've endorsed it and the gate church has endorsed it. And is that true? He says, well, I might have used it. I said, can you do me a favor? I said, look, your business is your business as long as it's legal. I'm, I, I have no problem with it. However, please do not use my name or Dion's or the gate churches as endorsements for it. Cause we haven't endorsed it. We don't even know what it is. So I'm just asking you not to use our name when you're doing it, because we don't know what it is. We don't endorse things like that. We don't endorse business ventures and stuff like that. And he says, well, I don't agree with that. I said, what don't you agree with that? I said, it's my name. I haven't given you permission to use it. So I'm just asking you don't use it. And I sat down. He got up there and wagged his finger. My face. Well, I don't agree with literally wagged his finger. I mean, I don't agree with that. I can use whatever I want. And I said, okay. I said, come with me. And um, I took him into the sanctuary. I said, he played the bongos. I said, those are your bongos? He says, yeah. I said, go get them. He said, why? I said, because you're out. He said, wait a minute. You're out of the church. If, if No one's wagging their finger in my face and saying that they're going to deceive my congregation into thinking we endorse something and think that's okay and he then he started cussing at me you can see the spirit that this was all in 
Dion was sitting right there just shaking his head like this guy's nuts. And, and I got up on Sunday morning. I told the church that they were removed for this reason. He has a business dealings that we don't know nothing about, but he's actually trying to get single women. Remember that thing they told us about happened two years to get some business deal with him and that we've endorsed it. When, when confronted with that, he refused to stop using our name. And so publicly, I'm renouncing that we have not seen this business, that we have not endorsed anything. But when someone acts that way, they're in danger. You know, I cannot, I could not sit there in good faith and allow that member to be in my church. He was unrepentive. Never saw him again, by the way. Unrepentive. And that he's trying to take advantage of the women of my church. And that's, as a shepherd, that's our job. That's our job. The women thanked me. Everyone thanked me in the church. We were sad to see his wife go. We, we love them. But when you, you know, you have to protect, you have to protect the masses over the individual. So let me say this. Like, if, if he's having an issue that's only dealing with him, it's not affecting the church, that's one thing. But if someone's having issues that will affect the church, that's different. Paul addresses that in 1 Corinthians 5. He's talking about this man is sleeping with his stepmother, which isn't even named amongst you. Uh, Greeks don't even do this thing. But that's going to affect the church because everyone in the church is going to think sexual morality is okay. And a little, you know, one bad apple spoils the bunch. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, a little sin will spread like fire. And, you, you know, sometimes, you know, you, people think the church is supposed to absorb certain behaviors or not. It, there's some behavior that will actually change the culture of your church or of your business and of your, and you have to protect that because in protecting the culture, look, how many, how many CEOs uh, got loose with their lips, right? Got, you know, talk to women dirty and all this stuff. And all of a sudden the subordinates think that's okay. Before you know it, you got chaos in your culture. So respect and honor and these things, you don't want to abridge on these things. The culture, you have to learn to protect your culture because, and that's where wisdom comes in. So like I've had people in there that were struggling, but their struggles were not affecting. It was, it was private. Okay. So like, you know, I've had these scenarios. This is the stuff that as leaders, we have to deal with all the time, especially if you have a small church. You go, wait a minute, bigger churches, bigger churches have a lot of people between them and the leader, and they don't have to deal with all the little small, small skirmishes. They only deal with the giant ones. But this happens to every leader I know. You have to deal with stuff, and that's where wisdom comes in. It's not just what's right and what's wrong. It's how do I deal with this? Is this something I can deal privately with this individual? Or is this something that now the church is going to be effective if I allow it to continue um, and stuff like that? So you have to have wisdom. You have to have information and all this stuff to meet that out. I have three children. You know, they all had the same rules, but we all have nuances in our interactions and in dealing with the way they grew up because... You know, they all were not identical. My kids were not identical. Even though right and wrong, the rules were the same, okay? It, it, but the what was different was the interaction, the wisdom and how to deal with it. My, you know, my, my boys are different. My daughter's different, okay? 
And and it, it it's really important to understand that. Every marriage is different. I can't go to people and go, well, you have to have a marriage like Kathy and I. Now, we have a good marriage, but we have some weak spots in our marriage just because of our personalities. So we try to we try to shore up that for each other. You know what I mean? Because um, like I don't have the same weaknesses as her. She doesn't have the same weaknesses as me. We try to use, you know, we guard each other. But you could have two people that are married have the same weakness and they don't see it come. They could be gullible. Both of them could be gullible. That's a problem, right? One of my one of my things in the beginning, one of our things in the beginning was we're we're very trusting people. And so we had to learn that just because we're trusting doesn't mean everyone's trustworthy. Like everyone's not worthy of our trust. And that was that was something hard for us to because we just want to see the good in everybody. And and then we realized, yeah, we want to see the good, but but they might just be displaying the bad. And and then we had to learn. We learned this 25 years ago. People have to earn their trust. Like you give a little level, but you have to earn, 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 and grow in trust. And trust, trust takes time. It takes um, conflict. How do you handle conflict? How do you handle when you disagree? Do they disconnect? But do they do they not disconnect and go, hey, I don't agree with that, but man, we're together. You know what I mean? That's how a marriage works, right? Imagine if a marriage, every time husband and wife disagree, they separate. That's not a good solution, right? So wisdom is needed. It's different than just right and wrong. Law is right and wrong. Wisdom is nuanced. You can have the same thing. You can have two people who come look, you have two people that went into a went into a um, um, a convenience store and stole food, right? They both go in there and they take food. That sounds like they both broke the law. They did. One is homeless and starving, and he went in there and he got a yogurt and he took it. He had zero money, and it's he was doing it because he was desperate and everything. Then you have the other guy who's just arrogant, doesn't care, doesn't like, you know, won't spend his own money, and he just comes in and he grabs whatever he wants. And when a judge looks at that, that's what determines whether or not this one goes to jail and this one gets probation. It might also determine by the owner, hey, I know you're hungry. Don't rob for me, but just come in here and ask, and I'll give you some food every day, right? You might have compassion on that person, but the arrogant person, he might not, right? Because that's wisdom, all right? And wisdom looks at the details. Wisdom looks at the nuances. That's why it says, don't rebuke a fool. And then it says, rebuke a fool, right? Because the nuances can be different. And that is the difference between wisdom and law. And it's really important to understand that if you're going to be a leader. You just can't have rules right and wrong. you got to look at them objectively to see the nuances so then you can have wisdom on how to handle with them. I hope that helps you today. Put a comment below. It would really help the algorithms. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.